0: This year, we've been talking about the topic of faith over and over. We're talking about faith, and we define faith this way, complete trust in someone or something. And all of us have faith. Sometimes we have our faith on the wrong things. We all have faith, but sometimes we put that faith in the stock market or in our workplace or in our boss or in our parent or in our sibling or in our spouse or our children. We put faith in in that which cannot give us what we desire or what we need. And so we have to put our faith in God. And over the last month or so, we've talked about having faith and looking at things through the eyes of faith. We talked about hearing through the ears of faith. We talked about speaking through the mouth of faith, right? We hear what God wants us to hear. We see what God wants us to see. We speak what God wants us to speak. But when you put all of those things together There's a next step, and it's this. We need to learn how to walk in faith. We need to be people who walk in faith. How many of you know this saying? I want you to help me finish it. If you're online, type it in there, right? You can walk the walk, but can you? Oh, that was weak. You can walk the walk, but can you? Talk the talk. We hear people who do a lot of talking, but they can't walk it. You know, I was watching the Heat basketball game the other day, and this guy from the Celtics was talking a lot to Jimmy Butler, but he couldn't walk it after that. See, there is a lot of talking, and even in the Lord and even us as believers, sometimes we know how to say the right things. We know how to say the things that then everybody around us thinks we know and thinks we're hyper-spiritual and think we have it all figured out and think we have it all together. But the reality is, can we walk that which we're talking? And you and I need to not just talk the talk. We need to move from seeing it, from hearing it, from believing and speaking it to walking in it. We need to walk a walk of faith. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 17. If you've got your Bibles, look up Luke chapter 17 this morning. Luke chapter 17. When you've got it, you can say amen, wave at me, whatnot. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Look at what the writer says. He says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. This is Jesus now. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So stop there for a second. What's leprosy? It's a disease in your body, it was very contagious. And anyone who had leprosy was considered unclean. They had to stay away from everybody. They had to stay outside the camp. They actually, as they walked, had to scream out, leprosy, leper, le-, like, so that nobody would get close to them. You think that that was just in Bible times. We actually, before people understood more of leprosy, there's actually, we would pr- do leper, leper colonies. Here in the United States, even in Hawaii, there was a specific island, and that's where they would send people who had this disease of leprosy. And so these 10 men, they knew who Jesus was. They had heard about Jesus. They had heard about the miracles, all these things. And they approach him, and they cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus answered. Look at what Jesus' response, verse number 14. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Watch. Jesus didn't go lay hands on them like he did with other lepers. Jesus didn't touch them. Jesus didn't do anything. Jesus spoke to them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says that as they went... They were cleansed. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to understand something. Write this down. They weren't yet clean when they began to walk. They weren't clean yet. What did the law say? The law of Moses, the Mosaic law, that which they lived by. It said that if you had leprosy, once you went through the process and you were then clean, you had to go to the priest. The priest would check you out and say, all right, you're good. Go do your sacrifice. You can go back into the general population of people. So Jesus tells them, go fulfill the requirement, but at the moment that Jesus said it, they weren't clean yet, but they still began to walk. Many times, you and I, we have this mindset, when I get it figured out, then I'll go to God. We have the mindset, when I get it all together, I can't go to God yet, I'm too bad, or I'm a sinner, or I did this, or I did that. But the reality is this, you and I can never be good enough, we can never be enough, we have to begin to walk, and as we go, we will receive. Begin to walk in faith. Begin to walk toward that which we are believing for. I want you to write this down, walking in faith requires obedience. Walking in faith requires obedience. These 10 lepers again, they didn't have their miracle. They weren't cleansed yet. But at the word of Jesus they started to walk. And the entire Bible is full of this faith like that. Right? Like I, one of my favorite ones is Peter. When he comes up to Jesus one day and he's like, "Jesus, they're telling us that we got to pay the tax." It's tax day, April 15, 14, 16, whatever, right? It's tax day. And these people are asking, are we got to pay our tax? And Jesus says, well, give Caesar what's to Caesar, who's on the coin, that whole thing. And then, the, you know what Jesus tells him? He says, go to the water and throw a line, and the fish that comes out is going to have a coin in its mouth. That's pretty gnarly. <laughs> and you know what Peter did? He didn't go to the bank, to the ATM machine and take out a coin. He got the fishing rod and started walking to the lake through the line, reeled it in, and there was a coin in the mouth. He received it as he acted and began to walk. How about when re- re- we celebrate Passover, we celebrated Easter just a few, about a month and a half ago or whatnot, and, and we talk on Palm Sunday when Jesus comes in riding on the donkey. Y'all remember that story? How about the disciples that were told by Jesus Go into the next town, and when you walk in there, there's going to be a donkey. It's going to be tied. It's a baby donkey. Nobody has ever written on it. Untie it and bring it here. The disciples didn't say, Jesus, where's the ballet ticket? The disciples didn't say, well, who do I talk to? What's the guy's name? No, what did they do? At the word of Jesus, they started walking towards the town and found the donkey. When, G- when Peter's on the boat and Jesus is like, hey, had you catch anything? He's like, no, we didn't catch any. He says, throw the net on the other side. Peter says, all night long we've been fishing and didn't catch anything but at your word. Notice that the obedience... To begin to walk out what Jesus said is what activated the miracle. And you and I, it's not when it's fine, when it's perfect, when we've worked on ourselves. It's at the word of Jesus that we begin to walk towards the promise. It's at the word of Jesus that we begin to walk towards the miracle. See, I wrote this thought down. Walking in faith is not based on what we see or on how we feel. It's not based on what we see Is not based on how we feel. Let's go back to these 10 lepers again. Jesus looks at them when when, when they say, have mercy on us. Jesus looks at them, and what did he say? Go show yourselves. They look down, probably. You know, do I still have? Oh, I still got leprosy on my chest. I still got leprosy on my leg. Did it? I don't know if leprosy itches. I don't know if they were itchy. I don't know what was happening, but I know this. It says that as they started going, as they went, they received the healing. And we can't go by what we feel. We don't always feel like it, do we? Come on, parents. You kid wake up in the morning and say, I don't want to go to school today. I don't feel like it. Boy. You're going to school today. Now, let's talk about us for a morning. We wake up in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to go to work today. Anybody feel that before? Anybody? Be honest now. We won't show the video to your boss. <laughs> wake up in the morning. It's like, I don't want to go to work today. Pastor, have you felt that? Yes. <laughs> Get up in the morning. Ah, This person's on my docket for today. But every time I meet with them, they don't listen to what the word of God has said. I don't want to meet with them. <laughs> like, I'm just being real, right? Like, I have, sometimes I don't want to. I had a pastor buddy that asked, asked me that day. He's like, you know, you, you've been pastoring a long time. Have you ever felt like not wanting? I was like, yes. <laughs> have you ever felt that's like, absolutely, I have. There's been moments where I'm like, God, I'll serve you no matter what. I, I would be an amazing small group leader kids ministry worker just plugged into the local church but that's not my calling so i don't walk in what i feel like doing i don't walk in what's comfortable you know what would have been comfortable staying in corporate america that would have been comfortable that would have been that was easy you know how easy it was for me to walk into a classroom and train teachers how to use the technology room that was easy jump on a plane, fly to different states, and go into their classroom, teach the class, do the thing. That was easy. Pastoring isn't. So sometimes I wake up and it's like, I got to go to work today. But then God says, yeah, 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 but but there's an impact happening. Lives are being changed. Generations are being changed because a dad that is now serving Jesus is going to have boys that serve Jesus, who's going to have grandkids that serve Jesus, and there's an impact that's happening. So when you and I don't feel like it, But we get up and begin to walk in faith, the promise and the blessings come in. But we got to get up and walk. We got to get up and walk. As we walk in faith, we walk into the promise. See, we talked about the eyes of faith, the ears of faith, the mouth of faith. And those things, when we begin then to walk it, propels us to receive what we're believing for. I want you to go with me for a second to Genesis chapter 13. I apologize, media team. I didn't tell you to put it in there, but you guys are quick. I know you'll get it there. Genesis chapter 13. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Genesis chapter 13, we find Abraham and Lot, and um, they were having all kinds of issues, and then Abraham and Lot, they separate because they they, just the land couldn't sustain them both and Abraham who had received the promise from God he 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 tells Lot hey pick where you want you want to go left I'll go right you go right I'll go left but it's time to part ways and after they part ways chapter 13 verse number 14 look at what God says to Abram after Lot had separated from him he said lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are north south east and west for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Watch, look in this natural eyes to the spiritual thing that I'm promising you is what God is basically telling him. Then he continues to say, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. And look at verse 17, underline it. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I will give it to you this is what God told Abram get up and walk the land that I'm giving to your great 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 grandchildren because as you continue to read in Genesis it says that God tells him you're 400 years later this is when they're going to get the land I'm promising you but that didn't stop Abraham from beginning to walk out that which he believed God had promised. Can I tell you another one? He still didn't have kids at this moment. Remember this. God's telling him, if you can count the dust, the dust, come on, you ever clean dust in your house? Like you can wipe off the table and come back 22 minutes later and wipe it again. And it's like, but I just wiped it. And God says, if you can count the dust, that's your descendants. And at this time he had nobody. He saw in the eyes of faith, he heard God, he would speak it, but it was time to get up and walk it. And church, let me tell you, body of Christ, let me tell you, online campus, let me tell you, it's time to get up and begin to walk in faith for that which we're believing God for. Amen. Begin to walk it in faith. Begin to do that, that which God is telling us, walk in faith toward our miracle. Walk in faith to that land, to that place that God has promised us. Can we share another one with you? Go to Judges chapter 13. I love Judges chapter 13. In Judges chapter 13, the book of Judges is an interesting book because the book of Judges... I mean, it depicts us in our everyday thing, right? Like we walk right with God, we're receiving all these blessings, then we forget about God and we enter slavery again and we enter all these bondages, right? And then we get restored and and we have this song and dance. And in and in Judges chapter 13, it says, Again, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the land of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. Barren means he could not have child. He could not bear children. says so he was barren, had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore... Be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the land of the Philistines. Watch. Can I give you the the, the David version of what I understand it saying there? You don't have kids yet, but begin to walk like if you did. That's what the angel of the Lord said to her. "You're barren, you have no children, but you will conceive. So stop drinking wine and strong drink and do all these things, so the child in there is going to be a Nazarite. Start walking in faith. Start walking in faith. Don't wait till I got it figured out because you're not going to. Don't wait to see if it comes to pass. Don't wait to put your fingers in the hands of Jesus, right? Like, don't wait. Don't wait till I see it. When I see it, I'll believe. No, 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 no. God, you said it. I believe it. So I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start acting in faith of that which what you promised. It's interesting because if you continue reading it, in verse number six, it says that the woman came and told her husband, a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of the Lord. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from. He did not tell me his name, but he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, eat nothing unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse number eight. Then Manoah prayed and said, God, I need confirmation. That's not what he did. Manoah didn't look at God and say, oh, I don't know if my wife heard of the Lord or not. No, look at Manoah's words. Look at Manoah's prayer, verse number eight. He prayed and said, oh, Lord, please let the man of God whom you said come again and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. He immediately confessed with his word, believing what the wife had received from the angel. And it wasn't let me hear it from the angel. It was let him come again to teach me how I'm supposed to treat this child. It was a prophetic declaration of prayer. And then it says, God, listen to the voice of Manoah. The angel came again to the woman and she sat at the field. Manoah, her husband was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? He said, I am. And Manoah said, now, when your words come true, What is to be the child's manner of life, and what is his mission? Manoah immediately started walking in faith because his wife had heard from God. That's another whole preaching we can get into because God speaks to all of us. Husband and wife, you guys got to be on the same page. God speaks to my wife. God speaks to me. God speaks to both of us, but we got to be on the same page. He immediately began to walk out what her, his wife had received, the word she had received. And the word to that the, the, the angel of the Lord that had come was not, hey, so is this happening? His words were this. When it happens, what do I got to do? And he begins to again give him and teach him. And this is what I want us to understand. This is what I want us to make sure we grab. Walking in faith is walking as if we already are. Walking in faith is walking as if we already are. You're believing for that promotion? Start walking as if you already have it. You're believing for that next thing? You're believing for your spouse? Start behaving like if you were married. You're believing for the next, like, what are you believing for? You're believing for children? You and your husband or you and your wife, you're believing for children? Start acting like if you were already pregnant. Start doing it. If you've ever been pregnant, ladies, if you have ever been the husband of a wife who's pregnant and you're living with them, there's this phase that women call the nesting phase, right? Now you're pregnant and as you're getting closer to the due date you you, you start getting everything ready. you, you got to make sure the room is ready and the crib is ready and the clothes is ready and the this is ready. We're, we're getting everything ready. You are already preparing everything for when you bring that baby home. And church, let me tell you, we have been given a vision and a mission from God each and every one of us and God has says you have conceived this vision. you have been given this mission. you have to begin. you and I both of us have to begin to walk and live a life as if we already had it yeah. begin to live a life as if we already were Amen. Yes. don't wait don't wait don't try to fix it on your own don't try to take it upon yourself it's god what do you want me to do and i'm going to begin to walk it out and guess what it's not only going to be a blessing to you and an impact to you but to the generations that come after you It's going to be a a blessing to your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, even ones that you never meet. What Abraham walked, the land that Abraham walked, it wasn't for him. It wasn't for his son Isaac, and it wasn't for for, for Jacob. It wasn't for him. It was for the great-great-grandchildren who walked into the land. And you and I, the decisions we make today impact generations to come. The decisions that we make to follow God or the decisions that we make to push them to the side. Can't tell you, can I speak to the dads for a minute? And men who are going to become dads, it is imperative that we give the example of what it is to pursue and follow God, because our children are going to do what they see us do. It is imperative. I was talking to somebody the other day and she, she said something, she, she, Patty and I were there and, and she mentioned something and, and she was like, oh, I'm, you know, sp- I, I, sorry, I just, I want to share this little thing and, and, and they gave us uh, kind of like a piece of advice and they're like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like, you know, like overstep and I was like, no, 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 you're the type of person I want advice from because you got kids who are grown ups and love Jesus and serve Jesus. I want to hear from you. Who are we listening to? And are we then walking it out? Who is it that we're connected with, and are we walking in faith? Are we walking in faith, or are we being dragged back because the people around us are telling us everything that's going to go wrong with the vision, everything that's going to go wrong with the mission? Who are we surrounded with? What are we speaking? What are we seeing? What are we hearing? But church, it's time to get up. Put big pants on and begin to walk in faith, believing that what God promised is true. So we ask ourselves this question, God, what have you said? What do I need to start walking? How do I start walking out this faith? Worship team, you can start coming to the altar. What do I need to do to walk this out? God, what have you instructed me to do? Right? We look at all these different examples. The lepers were told to walk to the priest and show themselves and they began to walk. Peter was told to go cast a rod, and the provision would come. At another pony he was told to throw a net. The other disciples were told to walk to the next city, and they would find the donkey. What has God asked you or me to do? And the question is, are we willing to start walking towards it? Because as you and I begin to walk, it says that as they went. You know, we can very easily look at circumstances and say, but hold on a second. The other leper that came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, I will be made whole. Jesus just looked at him and said, I'm willing, be made whole. And he was instantly clean. We see the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus didn't even touch her. She made her way and touched him and received her healing. So why did these guys have to walk and begin to walk to receive it? See, I don't know that answer. But I know this. Walking in faith activates it. But if I look and compare and say, oh, but but this person, this is what they did. That must be the, that's the secret sauce. That's the thing. No, 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 no. The secret sauce is obeying what God tells you to do. Did God tell you to do X, Y, or Z? If he didn't tell you to do that, then you're doing it in disobedience, not in faith. But if God told you, jump four times, don't jump five, don't jump three, jump four right what what happened when Naaman full of leprosy goes to the prophet and the prophet looks at him and says this actually doesn't even look at him the prophet sends a messenger that says hey go get in the river dip in the river seven times and Naaman what did he say the rivers the rivers of Samaria are so much better than the ones here these are nasty these are dirty and he didn't even come out and talk to me. I thought he was going to come out and like wave his hand, throw some pixie dust, I don't know, and now was going to get my healing. And, 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 and his servant looks at him and says, hey, wait a second, if he had told you to do something grand, wouldn't you have done it? How about this that was so simple? Just go dip in the river seven times. See, that, that stops us sometimes because we think, oh, it has to be this grand gesture for me to receive the faith. No, 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 no. It's not a grand gesture. It's obedience. Watch now. You're praying for that prodigal son or daughter. Every night at dinner, set a man. Walk it out. You're praying for that husband or for that wife. Begin to walk as if they were doing this. You're praying what you're praying for. Begin to walk it out. Begin to walk it as if you already had it, as if you already were. Because as you and I walk in faith, it will release it and we will walk into the promise that God has given us. Let's stand to our feet.